Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Welcome to another CI for Life podcast. I'm here today with my good friend, Easton Allred. Easton, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm just excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, and you're uh, calling in from beautiful Provo, Utah at Brigham Young University campus, and I'm excited to have you today. And really kind of, uh, Easton is a podcaster, an author, and an elite athlete at BYU, and I'll let him unpack that story, But uh, and he's accomplished all that at the ripe old age of 19. So excited to have you today. So Easton, why don't you tell us some of your background family, where you grew up, and then maybe let's go then into your uh, running career and how you got started in that. Cool. Um, Yeah. So I'll give you an introduction to myself. I'm from Colorado originally. Uh, My family moved out to Draper in Utah about, uh, I want to say two years ago. And uh, a couple different things I've got going on. The the biggest thing is probably running. Uh, It's a really big part of my life. I started running when I was uh, training for basketball. Basketball is actually my big thing. And and my coach would have us do two mile runs um, just to stay in shape. And I'd always do them and, and we'd send our times to the coach. And he he never believed me and always made me read his mind because <laughs> he's like, there's no way you did that fast. <laughs> and uh, they'd always, my teammates would always kick my butt in the sprint. So they couldn't believe that I was doing the my my miles as fast as I was. And I was even sending him to coach like a minute slower than I was actually doing him. <laughs> so, so, so you didn't get abused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I, and then I figured out that uh, I was pretty good at that. So I just did some racing in middle school and um, I've just enjoyed it ever since in high school. And, and now I'm at BYU doing it here. And um, I've, I've uh, been able to do pretty well so far this year. I, um, I ran, I think it was one of the fastest freshman times in the country for the 5k or true freshman. That is there's, okay. um, there's all sorts of freshmen in college, but, um, yeah, I get to run at BYU, which is, is usually the number one or two team in the country over the last couple of years. So that's been really fun. Um, and then I also have a YouTube channel where I have 18,000 subscribers and that's been really fun to just, uh, vlog stuff that I'm doing with my team and just in my life. And I like to share uh, motivational pieces of advice. And I also just like to have a good time on there and um, show people a little bit of what my life is like. So uh, that's a little bit about me. I also wrote a book when I was 16 about personal development and goal setting, which I think is a big part of my life as well. I'm very passionate about habits and about mindsets and about all things personal development. I think it's a really cool world and understanding um, different personal development habits can make a really big difference in your life. So that's super exciting for me. And then the last thing that's a pretty big part of my life is I have two disorders called malls and nutcracker. And those two things have shaped a lot of who I am today. They're basically just compression disorders and they affect your, they affect your brain chemistry in the way that you think. And it also affects your body in the way that it makes me really nauseous. And I get back pain and headaches and certain things, but um, it's been a journey figuring all that health stuff out and it's definitely shaped a lot of who I am. So, well, and that's why you're on the podcast. I want to unpack a little bit, you know, why you've been so successful as an elite athlete and then also overcoming adversity. So those two things I think are very interesting to people in our lives, but just before we jump into all that, tell me what's your best, just so listeners get kind of a sense, what's your best 5k time? And what's your best one mile time? 
So I ran, I ran 1345 in the 5k this year and wow. then the mile I've never run at sea level or I haven't run it in the last year at sea level, but I ran 404 in Utah this year. Which, yeah, which is what, at 4,400 feet or something like that. So, uh, that is awesome, dude. And yeah, and I saw you run that mile. So, uh, blazing fast. So yeah, let's unpack it a little bit. Let's go back to goals. What's your kind of, and, and you, as you mentioned, you authored a book, which I've read at 16. Why did you write that book? What was kind of your, why did you get going in goals? Uh, what was your influences and, and why at such a young age did that become so important to you? To you? Yeah, Rick. So I was, I was, uh, I was a strange little kid when I was 10, I just started falling in love with the world of self-help and personal development. At 10? I think my mom at 10, <laughs> I literally 10 years old. Yeah. My mom, my mom, I gave me some book. I, uh, it was by Darren Hardy, I believe. And talked about goal setting. And I was like, yep. this stuff is awesome. So right away I started setting goals and, and having affirmations and, um, I listened to so many different podcasts and I read a ton of different books and less, less so when I was 10, but more like, so as I was getting a little bit older and then when I was 14, I met a guy named Lewis Howes who just published his yep. book yep. and he was a huge inspiration to me. He was a pro athlete and just a really cool personality. And I set the goal to write a book and share the things that I had learned. So, um, that was a kind of big inspiration. I just felt that teens needed more direction. And I felt that I was learning so much from, um, the, from the books I'd read. And I also had started my own podcast and was interviewing people. And I felt like I learned so much from them as well. And I just, I just want to share it all. Yeah, that is awesome. So do you mind, uh, sharing a few of your goals, maybe over time and how you've accomplished them, what you did to accomplish it? I think that'd be interesting to people. Yeah. Um, well, one, one goal that I had this last, uh, the last six months was to be one of the top three freshmen in the country for distance running. And that was a really big goal for me because I had just overcome being sick and I had been in that position before in high school where I was amongst the top three in the country. But yeah. since having surgery and being sick, I had been a really long time since I'd been to that point. Um, and so I set that lofty goal and I, it's it's hard to know exactly if I accomplished that, but um, just from the championship racing and times, it looks like I was about in that zone of, of top three freshmen in the country. So that's that's one that I recently achieved. And then the goals I have right now um, are to have a, a professional grade summer of training. So basically, that's just eating healthy, getting all my mileage in and, and just staying really on top of things. Um, I want to serve an hour a week at least. And I'm, I'm definitely going to be getting that one because I'm, I'm going to Kenya in two weeks and just doing service the whole time I'm there. And I'm sure that'll carry on afterwards as well. Um, and then my last goal of this year is to have an up and running uh, video business. So, Oh, cool. So okay. Well, let's go back to the Kenya one for a second. You're heading there in two weeks. What, what will you be doing? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it's actually a really cool opportunity me and my buddy Spencer are going and representing an organization called Kenya Keys. And basically what they do is they find kids in Africa who need a sponsor to help them get through high school and through college because they only are helped through eighth grade financially in Kenya. Okay. And so they find sponsors in the U.S. to sponsor these kids and get them through their education. And so Spencer and I are going down and helping find kids who are eligible for sponsorships. And then we're also teaching goal setting in all of the schools there. Oh, I love it. Okay. So 
you're in the school, you're teaching the kids, uh, you're sharing with them about goal setting and maybe think about the goal you just accomplished with top three freshmen. How do you teach people? How are you going to teach those kids the how of goal setting? What What are some of the key fundamentals for you? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's interesting. And, and we've talked about this a little bit because I have to figure out how to relate with them because they live such a different life than yeah. what we live here. But um, I, I think for me, what's worked as far as how, and I think that there's many different methods, and I know you have a very specific method of how you like to do it. Um, what I like to do is I like to just make a list of all the things that I'm really passionate about. And then I like to make a list to the side of that of things that I'm, I'm really good at. And then I try to like match those up and see if I am inspired to create goals based off of those lists. Oh, okay. So I love that. Um, I hadn't heard that specific way. So the things that you're passionate about and then put beside that some of your strengths and see if it matches up and see if, if some goals kind of uh, inspire you out of that. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And sometimes it's like, it's not like, oh, like this matches exactly with this, but it's kind of like, oh, like this gives me this idea. And like, that's exciting to me. And I think that I could do that. And then I don't like to overwhelm myself with having 10 goals at once. Yeah, I like to have, I like to have very few. So I usually, it usually ends up about, about being three goals. And, and for some people, it's even better to just do one or two. I think. Yeah. Agree. You don't want to overwhelm yourself, but that list idea reminds me of how I, I counsel people, how I did it. And I counsel people to find their career, their, their life role, if you will, and that is what you're good at, kind of, you know, what you're passionate about, because those could be two different things, right? You could be good at something and, and not passionate about it and vice versa. And then the third thing, the third circle, if you will, and you're trying to find the intersection of the three circles is, you know, something that you feel could, you you know, uh, earn enough money and, and uh, take care of your family with. So if you can find the intersection of those three things, what you're passionate about, what you're good at, and what you think the market will give you value for that's where you can have a very long lasting career. So um, yeah, that's an excellent way to do it. So let's um, let's jump into the, recently you did the, the triple seven process, the piecemeal process and your purpose. And, you know, you've done so much with goals over your life. So tell me a little bit about that experience and what that added to what you normally do or how you think about goals. So t- walk us through that purpose process. Absolutely. So, so when I think of my goal process, when I look at my goals, usually what it involves is me looking and visualization, visualizing the three goals I have for myself at the time. And then I have 10 affirmations that I read that are just like basically positive statements. Um, and they just help me get in the right mind frame as I start my day. And I felt like the purpose piecemeal that you did was very similar to an affirmation but it was much more focused and it's long lasting and it is just, it is complete. Like affirmations are like short little statements, but like the purpose statement was like, I feel like I had a lot of ideas out here with affirmations and it helped me to just kind of like dial in and be very Mm. specific on what exactly I want with my life. And it was like a comforting full picture. And I really, really like that. So I read that every single day and I have it hanging up in my room. Do you Um, mind sharing a nugget or two from that? You don't have to read the whole thing if you don't want to, but. What's in there that yes. kind of came together for you? Um, well, one thing that I put in there is that I want to live a life of adventure is because I love, I love having things that I'm passionate about and like working really hard at something, but I also like want to have things that are like fun and, and teach me to have broad perspective. So I put that in there. 
Um, and then another thing I put in there is that I'm living the purpose that God has created for me. I think a lot of times in life, it's hard to be comfortable with where you're at. Yeah. And I think that, that that piece of my purpose statement allows me to um, be ambitious, but it also helps me to be comfortable knowing that like, that like God is watching over my path and wherever I'm at in the moment is okay. You know, and that's, that, that for me is huge. Just recognizing that where you're at right now is fine. As oh, long as you're is, willing to keep moving that forward. That is massive. There's a statement that I like to say that maybe you and I have talked about this idea that you're full and hungry at the same time, that you're mm -hmm. hungry and striving and seeking. And then at the same time, you're full and content and uh, satisfied with. So it's a, it's a tricky balance to find, but I think that is where happiness and success come in. And uh, wow, this Kenya experience sounds like you're fulfilling both of those key elements of your purpose statement. So you also said something in there that I want to, that I love, and you've shared with me a couple of them, but this idea of positive affirmations and that you review it each day to kind of be intentional and to be your best self. Do you mind sharing a few of those and why they're so important to you? Yeah, definitely. I'll actually, I'll pull them up on my phone so I can read a few of them to you. Um, so, so one of the first ones I have is, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll just read through them actually real quick. Okay. Um, first one is I'm one of the best distance runners in America. Second one is I have a close relationship with my savior. Uh, number three is I'm an instrument in the hands of the Lord. Number four, I love the people I am surrounded by. Number five, I trust in God's plan for me. Number six, I am brilliant in my own way. Um, and then we have, I am designed by God to do beautiful things. I am ambitious yet happy and at peace. And number 10, my life is full of wonder and progress. And you'll, you'll notice a lot of those are, uh, are, are spiritually centered. And a, a big part of that is because that's something that I'm working on is my spirituality. And um, my affirmations, they kind of ebb and they flow and they change just depending on like what things I feel I need more of. Um, and that is, that's one thing that I've tried to have more of in my life recently. Um, and, and one that I also just added is that I love the people around me because I, I just, a lot of my friends just left to go serve LDS missions. And so I'm surrounded in a new um, I'm in a new social scene and I have to, I think that I found that my life is much happier if I can learn to love the people that I'm around. And there's so many great people around me. And I feel like that affirmation has helped me to be able to see the good in them and to enjoy them more. And I think it's helped me a lot to uh, develop new friendships over the last little bit. Wow. That is, that is very inspirational. Yeah. One of mine recently that I've been reviewing daily is this idea of love and acceptance for everybody I, I come in contact with today. So yeah, I, I, um, that's very inspirational. What, how often let's dissect that a little bit. Do you change them weekly, monthly, quarterly, or what, what's your process to kind of, or as you feel inspired, you add one, drop one, how does it work? Totally. Um, I, I think it's interesting because when I first got into the whole goal setting thing, it was very, um, it was very set in stone for me, but as I've kind of done it more and more, I've learned like what I need. And for me, especially with affirmations, the best thing for me is just to adjust it as needed. Mm. And um, some of those affirmations will last for like maybe even a year. And some of them will I'll have for a week and I'll feel resolved and I'll, and I'll, I'll reset it and do a new one. So tell me, Easton, what, what, if you were to try to describe to people that are not into um, structure and rigor and writing down goals and affirmations and purpose, what counsel or coaching would you have for them to try to have them understand how this kind of uh, structure could bring 
happiness and success in their life? Yeah. I, I actually, I really like that question. Because, <laughs> so do I, because I get it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if I have a perfect answer for that, but I can say that um, when I got really sick, I got really anxious. And so it gave me a lot of anxiety to have like all of these goals like written down and like to be reviewing them every day. Like that was really stressful to me. And I know that my sister gets kind of stressed out with that stuff as well. Um, and I think it is okay with goal setting to listen to yourself and to be mm. like, Oh, like, like this is not inspiring to me. This method of doing it is not inspiring to me. Like it makes me anxious. Like that's okay. Like it's okay to be where you're at with all that stuff. And I think that, that maybe if that's who you are, like, like maybe sit them down, sit down and write them down once. And like, you don't have to review them like every single day, but like at least have them in your mind, like have an idea of what you want. I think that, I think that if, if you're feeling that way, then affirmations are also like for me, at least they're an easier way to do it. Um, then goal setting, they make you a little bit less anxious because they don't have to be like so time specific. Bound. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're not, they're not, they're not time bound. It's more just like ideas. Like I think sometimes you can get so stressed out with goals because you're like, I don't know exactly what I want right now. Yeah. And if that's the case, then then start with affirmations because it'll, it'll set you on the right path. But yeah, I would say I would say experiment with it. You don't have to do it exactly in a set in stone way. Like figure out like what feels good and inspiring to you. Wow, that is just such a great answer. And I really like this idea of positive affirmations because it doesn't need to have a specific, measurable, attainable, reliable, trackable time, you know, smart goal, right? It's mm -hmm. an intention, it's a direction in your life that you're trying to take. And you're not really sure how to make that specific right now. You're not sure if it's needed right now. And then the other piece of advice you had there is do what feels comfortable. The other one you said earlier, I think is really good advice. Start small. Don't get your brain mm. all anxious. Don't get your limbic system kind of fired up on fight or flight. And you want to run away from this because it stresses you out or uh, creates anxiety, but start very small, start with micro goals, start with positive affirmations, as you say, and the other thought I'd share, and then see if you have any other feedback on this is it's okay to feel a little uncomfortable, you know, dreaming big mm -hmm. should, if it doesn't feel, make you feel a little uncomfortable, have a little anxiety, uh, then it's probably not worth doing if it's that easy. <laughs> so uh, of course you don't want to stress yourself out, but if it's, it takes a little bit of uh, uncomfortableness to grow, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I think that there's a balance. Like yeah. I, I really think that that if you're setting a goal and it is giving you more anxiety than excitement, then it's probably not the right goal. And I think that there's times where goals will do that, but I think that overall you should feel more excitement than, than anxiety about it. Yeah. And there is certainly a balance because, because big goals and people that achieve big things, like, like those are not, those are not comfortable to be there. Like um, I know with like, one of my goals was like to, to develop a big YouTube channel and to do well on YouTube and to do that, I had to get used to filming people and, and getting in their face to the camera or like being in public and turning the camera on myself and talking to the camera. Like that was so uncomfortable. That's for uncomfortable. Me. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I like, I really didn't like that piece of it, but like I knew that YouTube was something that I could make money on and I could inspire people and I could um, learn a new skill. And I'm really glad that I was able to get outside my comfort zone and do that. So goals certainly are uncomfortable, but they should also be exciting. Yeah. And maybe there's kind of a time element to it, right? Because there is some 
that after a couple of weeks with that goal, if it's still really causing you a lot of anxiety and you can't break through that and see the passion and excitement on the other end, maybe that wasn't the right goal. But oh, absolutely. Um, so maybe it's it's okay to get started if it's a little uncomfortable. And then hopefully you can catch the passion for it. Like people tell me that about exercise all the time. Oh, it's too uncomfortable. It's too hard. It creates, I'm stressed out just to exercise. Well, Mm -hmm. maybe that's a good one to start and start small, start walking, whatever. And then you'll catch the vision of it or it'll start to become fun. Or So exercise to me is one way to get people to think about it. Because some people that's like, you know, taking medicine. It's like, I don't want anything Mm -hmm. to do with that. Yet we know it's one of the most beneficial things you could do for your brain and your body yet it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with that. I think that's, that is an important distinction because you're not going to wake up in the morning and be like, Oh, I'm more excited to go to the gym, but I am uncomfortable about that. You know, <laughs> like, and, and I think that a good analogy for this is with me with running. Like I always think like the first two weeks of getting in shape for me yeah. for running is like, and like I always stay in pretty good shape, but, but there's a difference between running shape and in shape you're and the first two weeks of yeah. running, they're the worst. Like I hate yeah. it until you get fit. And then after you get fit, it's like, Oh, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I just run. Like it's a habit. It's there. It's like, it's not really that uncomfortable. And I think that that's how a lot of goals are is like, you have to start out by breaking through that wall of discomfort. Yes. And then you start to get it, get going, you get a habit and it's really not that bad. Real. Okay. So that's the point I want to bring in now. So habits and routines, you, you and I are big believers in that. So, cause there's mm-hmm. some things, even willpower is fleeting, right? For your exercise mm-hmm. goal, for your spiritual goal, for your relationship goals, what financial goals, whatever they may be. So if you're just relying on willpower, you're not going to be as successful. But if you can develop habits and routines so that it becomes automatic, then you can kind of break through that uncomfortableness of uh, achieving some goals. What's your what's your uh, ideas and expertise around that? Yeah, no, I'm I'm a huge proponent of that. I think that it's like so interesting that you only have a certain amount of willpower. Um, and so I really try to utilize that. So like, like the example that I've always heard that I really like is just, you can't have junk food in your house because, or, or at least visible in your house. Cause if you're looking at it all day by nighttime, you're having some, you know, absolutely. And, and I think, I think that the, the best way out of that is, is habits and routines. Like one of my favorite routines that I have is, is I would say, I would say at least three mornings out of the week, I wake up and I meditate. I look over my goals, I read, and then I go on a run. And I think just having that routine to like set me in the right spot, like morning routines, I would say are like one of the biggest contributors that I could have for my success. And I think that successful people, like most people find that in common, that they have a morning routine that helps them get in the right mind frame for their day. Um, So that's big. And then I think like I run every single day when I wake up and then again at three o'clock because that's when my practice is. And, and having set times for certain things that are hard for you to do, make it so much better. Like in the off season when I don't have practice, like, and I'm like, Oh, I'll just run when I feel like it. Like it is just so much harder. So I'm a big advocate. Of oh, that. I completely agree. If you can build it. So your brain just expects at three o'clock, you're going to do this or at 7am mm-hmm. or at eight, you know, whatever. So yeah, people always ask me, how do you overcome adversity? And I want to talk to you about that with uh, malls and nutcracker, but one of the elements is to build routines into your life. So the next day you just, you know, I, I still feel crappy from the day before and whatever happened, but I've got these routines that I do and these habits. So I just, you know, here I am, let's go. But um, kind of, so let's kind of step back into that part of it, uh, overcoming adversity. And uh, you've had some surgeries. I think you went to Germany, right? For one of them. 
Now you've got another one coming up. Tell me, what have you learned about the health challenges while still trying to, you know, be an elite athlete? Um, what have you learned about overcoming health challenges like that? I, I've learned more than I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> like, please, please teach me less. Um, I think, I think that's an interesting question because because I have learned a lot and I'm also like still learning so much right. from that issue, you know, like, like I haven't, I haven't like fully resolved it and I'm like constantly progressing in my like thoughts and, and perspectives on it. But I think, I think more than anything, that is what it's taught me is perspective. Like okay. I did not understand depression or anxiety at all before I got sick. And now I have like such a greater understanding and empathy for people that go through yeah. that. Um, I think that it's also just like really taught me how to like fight, you know, and to be like gritty. And, and I think another thing that it's taught me that is probably the most important thing is, is acceptance. I've Mm. never been good at that. And I've really learned that through being sick. Wow. Isn't that a great concept that we can both strive for excellence, have big dreams and big goals in our life, and then also find acceptance each day wake up the next day striving still, but accepting what is. Uh, and it sits, mm-hmm. it's kind of back to that full and hungry idea, right? And how do I both be striving and then also satisfied at the same time? And you're right, adversity kind of is a cruel teacher in that way. It's kind of like, it remind, my question to you is a little unfair because it reminds me of when I was like 34 and Cheryl was 31, we taught a half-day parenting class to our local community. It was actually our ward. And I was thinking, I think back at it now and thinking, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry for those people that yeah. <laughs> as a 34 year old, I was trying to teach them about parenting. Um, but anyhow, it, it is a you know, ongoing process. So um, any other advice on mental health for people, Easton, as you've tried to overcome both striving to be an elite athlete and accomplish your spiritual goals and emotional goals, relationship goals, and having these setbacks, what have you learned about mental health and how to nurture yourself that way? Yeah, um, I would say there, there's a few things. Number one, it's, it's, it's do what you need to do because I, I just always like felt so bad for like doing certain things. And like when I felt like either anxious or depressed and, and like, I felt like a little bit like high maintenance in some ways, like I would like I'd be somewhere and I'd just be like, I have to excuse myself and like leave for a minute. And like, I hated that I had to do that because I just was like, oh, like, I feel so weak. You know, like I like feel like I should be stronger than that. And like, just be able to like stay here, like family dinners, even like I just get like bouts of anxiety and family dinners. I'd like, I need to excuse myself for a minute. And I would just like go in my room and I just like breathe for a little bit. And I mm. like, like just, just like do push ups or just like something, you know, because yeah. I just was like so anxious. And, um, so I think, I think you need to be, um, accepting of where you're at and, and be accepting of yourself and be like, it's okay that I feel like this, like, this is, this is, there's not like, I'm not a bad person for feeling this way. And I think the flip side of that is also true. Like you need to be like, if you're feeling like you don't want to do anything because you're feeling anxious or depressed, you should you should go do things, you know, like you should give yourselves a break and you should be patient with yourself. But like, I've, I've been to a lot of therapy for that. And one thing that they have told me is like, when you don't feel like going and doing something like, or like when you, when you're not mentally feeling well, you don't want to do anything, but you should. 
And so I always like, if I wasn't feeling well, like I'd go and like, I'd go try to play basketball with my buddies or I'd just go hang out and go swimming in their pool or, or do whatever. So it's a weird mix of being patient with yourself, but also getting out and not just like locking yourself in a room for um, weeks at a time and, and being antisocial because you'll just, you'll just dive deeper and deeper. Like the biggest thing I think with mental health is just like never giving up, like always, even if it stinks, like just stay on top of it because there's like, it just does not feel good when you're like, this sucks. Like just, it's just, you just shouldn't do that. It's, it's hard to describe Rick. And I, and I have a hard time sharing advice with mental health because it is just such a difficult thing that I don't think is just an easy solve, but those are my two cents of advice. No, I, I love both sides of that coin. Be patient with yourself and then also, you know, uh, push yourself a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this. I just spent some time with my daughter and her three young boys. And uh, I don't care if you're five years old, 19 years old, or 60 years old, the idea of taking a time out. And as we get older, we can do it on our own, right? Sometimes five-year-olds need help, but taking that time out, do your breath work, slow yourself down inside. And whether that be a full meditation or 10 big breaths and reset yourself is a very powerful tool in the toolkit. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about that as, as Lauren's raising her little boys, but that's applicable to all of us. It's just being okay with that. And Hey, I just need a little reset, right? For me, it was weddings. I, I, for people I didn't know, not know well, for some reason, weddings were super anxious for me to go in big crowds of people I didn't know. And I got super anxious and some of them I bailed on and some of them I, you know, kind of muscled through and you got to be super patient with yourself and, and do your very best. And at the end of the day, you know, you're doing what you can. So uh, it's great advice, Easton. And I, I appreciate your honesty and openness on the journey you're on, on both the uh, striving to be an elite athlete and then, you know, overcoming your health and all the challenges you've done. So um, Easton, where can people find you? Kind of tell us about your YouTube and anything else you got going. Yeah, definitely. Um, So the best place to find me is on Instagram. It's just Easton Creed Allred is my uh, username. And then it's the same for my YouTube channel. So just reach out to me. And then I have, my book is on Amazon. It's called Fueled. Um, If you're looking for a few uh, tips, tricks, and skills, that's that's the tagline on it. So Anyways, thanks for having me on the podcast, Rick. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, Rick is one of my big inspirations as well. He's taught me so much and is a very good guy to look up to. So I really appreciate you. Oh, thanks, bud. Appreciate your time and all the best on your journey. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Cheers.